You're listening to the Tenuto Podcast presented by me, Kevin Lynch. Here we go! Alright, so if you catch a little bit of sadness in my voice this episode, it's because my girls' basketball team lost a heartbreaker in the playoffs and we're done for the year. So that was a little tough, tough to handle, but you know. We're making it through day by day. Welcome back to the Tenuto Podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. The purpose of this podcast for me was to get inside the minds of great teachers and great educators and people who have become very successful in the music education world. And as I'm looking for people to interview, there is nobody who has accomplished more than Wendy Sims. She is the Director of Music Education at the University of Missouri. Dr. Sims is an avid researcher, writer. She publishes articles regularly in national and international journals, like the Journal of Research in Music Education and Music Educators Journal, um, She's written in a ton of books. She is an editor for the book Strategies for Teaching Pre-Kindergarten Music um, and and many others. Her, Her specialty is early childhood music education. So previously she's taught K through six general music. And even now, while she's the director of music education at University of Missouri, She still volunteers weekly as the music teacher for preschool and toddler classrooms. Um, So it seems like, just talking to her, it seems like she really, really loves what she's doing. And um, she really, really enjoys teaching that early childhood classroom. And that is just such a gift. And props to her. She's an amazing woman. She gave some great answers to this interview that I gave her and this is the first early childhood you know anything before middle school interview that I've done so it's a little bit different but like I said my goal for this this podcast was to get the, the, the minds of the greats and Wendy Sims is certainly one of the greats in the field today so go ahead and just take in everything she has to say she talks a lot about her journey things she likes to do in the classroom. One thing that I've found that's kind of a connection between a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the teachers on this podcast is they like to do listening activities. And I, I think that's really, really important that we start to see some trends between all these successful teachers, these listening activities. Um, so listen for that in this interview and I hope you enjoy. This is my interview with Wendy Sims. I've got the director of music education from the University of Missouri here on the line, Wendy Sims. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. So I understand that you're a specialist in early childhood and elementary music education. How did you go um, from teaching such young students to now working at a university? I mean, that must be a big change for you. Well, it's a big change, but it's not because I still teach young students. So um, I'm lucky to have a job where I teach 
people from 18 months to doctoral level students, some of whom were retired teachers, so you can guess their ages. And so um, I loved working with the young kids. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher from the time I was about in kindergarten. And what settled music for me was I was a volunteer at a um, local child care center in the summer about junior high. He did something to do and didn't have a job yet. And one day someone said, oh, you play the guitar. Why don't you bring that and sing with the kids? And that was just the most fun thing that I could ever do. Here's a little junior high kid with a guitar and the kids, the guitar is really a magnet for the kids. And they loved it. And we loved singing together. And I had always been involved. I played piano and been involved in choirs in school. Um, and so just got really excited by the whole possibility of teaching music. So when I was in high school, I was the um, one of the accompanists and the choir director learned that I had a free period during the men's chorus and he didn't have anybody. So I was the only girl in the men's chorus for a few years and accompanied, <laughs> student directed, um, loved doing all that, but still my heart was with the younger kids. Yeah. Wow. So did you start playing guitar? Was that your first instrument? No, actually piano was. Piano. Um, piano, piano lessons. I was a piano major in, in college of music education. And um, the guitar was just the kind of folk instrument to use to play with kids, to play in um, in schools. And, you know, it's a great instrument to use with kids for lots of reasons. So um, it just was easy to carry to the child care. I sometimes even had to ride my bike and carry my little guitar in one hand on the bicycle. <laughs> so, um, That's awesome. so and, and I just, it's still fun. And yeah, so I taught elementary school music. Um, early childhood music wasn't really a specialty back when I was in school, except it was something I always did and loved to do research with the kids. And eventually when I knew I wanted to be a college professor, um, I just figured that that was the way to go, was to specialize in elementary and early childhood. Yeah. So when, when you graduated from your undergrad, did you get a job teaching elementary childhood education, music education? I, I taught... K through six back in those days, um, elementary school music, right? So um, although during my college days in the summer, I started teaching preschool. Um, so after I, I graduated from volunteering, I was a preschool teacher, not the music teacher, just the preschool teacher. So, mm-hmm. you know, snack time, wet bathing suits on and off, and of course, <laughs> some music. But then I did the traditional um, K through six music teaching. And went back to graduate school and ended up um, getting my doctorate at Florida State eventually and was able to do lots of early childhood research there. And so when I finished, there was a job at the University of Missouri that was teaching um, elementary music education with a little early childhood and doing lots of research. And it was my dream job. And I was lucky enough to end up here. Wow. That's fantastic. Congratulations for for doing all that. And now... Now you're doing great at the University of Missouri, and you're in the classroom all the time, right, with different students you're teaching, and you're still teaching yourself a little bit, right? Yep. I teach one morning a week at the preschool on campus, the demonstration school, and I've got three preschool classes and one infant and toddler class, Um, and then I teach elementary music methods to our students working on K-12 certification and graduate classes and doctoral research, so it runs the whole gamut. Wow. So what is one thing that you'd like to see more of in early childhood music classrooms? Um, I would love to see more training and confidence of the people who work with the children on a daily basis. Um, Dropping in one time per week is nowhere near sufficient, but it does 
give me contact with kids, kids contact with a trained musician. Mm-hmm. And the best thing is that, um, that teachers can't leave. So in teach elementary music, you know, teachers off going, doing their planning, but in early childhood and preschool, they have to keep the ratios of adults to children. And so there's always teachers in the room working in my group time with me. And so they're learning what I'm doing and they can carry it on with the kids during the week. So, um, and that's, what's really important. So a lot of early childhood teachers, caregivers don't have confidence and skill in doing music. And, um, I think all of their training should have a music component to it to teach them how they can be successful in implementing music activities and singing with kids. Wow. Yeah. I've never even thought that's, that's really great idea. It seems like you, you think, uh, against the grain. I mean, you've won countless amount of awards. Most recently, the 2016 Senior Researcher for the Society for Research and Music Education. Um, seems like you you go against the grain, and you've had to have your own ideas. What's one thing you believe that maybe some people might think is crazy, or maybe thought was crazy at the time that you brought it up? Well. Um... <laughs> I thought about that because you said you might ask that. Um, one thing that's crazy. I'm not sure that um, the ideas would be crazy, but I guess the idea of actually um, doing research with the young children themselves was I was one of the early people to actually say, yeah, we can do research with young kids. We can find ways to communicate with them. Even though they can't talk to us, mm-hmm. we can watch them move. We can get them to sing. We can show them how to demonstrate what they can do um, in a nonverbal way. So I think I was pretty on the edge of getting kids to respond to music activities in a way that we could assess what they know without depending on, um, of course, paper and pencil or spoken responses from the kids. Yeah. Oh, that's a great answer. Yeah. I really like that. Just hearing you talk about um, these kids that you work with, these these younger kids, seems like you're really passionate about them. What is it about this age group that gets you the most excited? Uh, that's a great question. They are so energetic. They love music. And just watching the light bulbs turn on, asking yeah. them questions. And, you know, they remember so much from week to week. It's astonishing to me how much they learn by rote and how they remember it. I guess their little brains are not as cluttered as older people. <laughs> because they'll remember a song or they'll request a song that we did way back in the fall and they're still thinking about it, singing it. Um, they're so enthusiastic and channeling that energy into musical experiences and learning music so they can start developing those skills um, as young children is so important. And it's just a lot of fun. It keeps me energized. It keeps me on my toes. It also... Um, helps me not be the glass tower college professor who talks about it but doesn't do it. So right. my students come, they can come watch me. Graduate students often come regularly mm-hmm. um, to the curriculum. But I can go into my classes and say, when I was doing this with the kids, this is how they responded. And so I feel good about that, that um, I do have regular ongoing contact with kids, um, solving classroom management problems, trying activities in different ways. And that keeps me fresh and credible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What are some of your favorite activities that you like to do with the kids in your classroom? Could you name like one of your favorite things you like to do, a favorite lesson? Um, well, I love, just love it all, but I really <laughs> like 
doing music listening activities with them because that's something else that people don't give children enough credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to, to music, to orchestral or band music or choral music, world music. And um, one, some of my research has been on how to do that successfully and it's giving kids specific things to focus in on. And so um, it's watching their reactions when I play some beautiful piece of music and they just go, ooh, ah, can we listen to that again? <laughs> and yes, of course. I, we just did that with a beautiful recording from um, an album, a CD back in those days called um, The World Sings Goodnight. And it's a lullaby, and it's by Baby Bunting. And a beautiful woman's voice sings it. Then the whole thing is played with recorders, and then the voice comes back. And so um, during the singing part, we rock the baby. During the recorder part, the kids play air guitar and then rock the baby again. And so um, they're picking up on the form without even discussing it. They're hearing a very beautiful rendition, part of it instrumental only. And the kids, it's it's slow, it's beautiful. It's not what you would expect. Maybe you would get kids um, to be moved and excited, but they're just inspired and it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to you, is it is it important um, like what, what songs you sing with the kids? Is it important to you to like mix it up with major and minor and triple and duple? Um, just talk about how, how you plan for what songs you're going to sing with the kids. Yes, absolutely. I think they need a wide repertoire of songs. Um, I like to emphasize, um, traditional folk nursery, but also songs from other countries, um, that are age appropriate. But um, I think they need a variety. And I certainly, when I am doing my music time with the kids, which is um, just about 25 minutes, so I think that's really valuable time. And I want to spend it on teaching them things that they don't know. So we might start from a familiar song to work on a particular concept so they know it well. But I also want to introduce them to lots of new repertoire. Their teachers um, know Old MacDonald and London Bridge and Row Your Boat. Um, so at least with the, um, the preschool age kids, I try to find, um, new repertoire, good songs, um, sometimes composed songs, but things that, um, are appropriate for them to sing and that might add to their repertoire already. Sure. Sure. But I have to say with my, um, my little toddlers, we do row, row your boat as a tempo activity. Uh And, um, I've got, um, a class full of toddlers are probably seven or eight kids and even some who are younger than toddler. And we change the tempo as we sing it, um, and they move to the different tempos. It's just, um, you know, you're not going to get 20-month-olds to discuss tempo with you or to discuss the cello rondo. (laughs) They can sure do it, and we just watch them in amazement as they follow my tempo. Tempo will get faster, then it suddenly slow down, and there they go. They stop their rowing and slow it down. Um, So there's just so much going on in these little minds that we can tap into if we do it through the right strategies. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what they can do if, if you can channel that. Yeah, exactly. And that challenge is what makes it so much fun for me. Yeah, and it sounds like you, you still view it as you're still learning things. and I mean, you're doing a ton of research, right? Yeah, and research is all about continually learning. Yeah, yeah, so excellent. Wow, okay, so... Here's a question that I ask everyone that comes on the show. If you could give your first-year teacher self advice, maybe right out, out of undergrad, what would you say to yourself? Ah, uh, um, I would say to myself, first of all, 
um, that teaching elementary school music is hard. There's lots of planning and it doesn't, it, every lesson is not going to be wonderful and don't beat yourself up on it. Learn from it and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, don't dwell on the things that don't go well. Um, be very organized, more organized as you were as a college student, more proactive. You can't do the all nighter and, you know, get to school the next day and think you have lesson plans and survive with the kids. So, um, you know, getting ahead on the lesson plans and then not sweating the things that go wrong, just learn from them and move on. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, the last part of this interview is something I do with everyone called rapid fire, where I'm just going to ask you a couple questions, and I just want you to say the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. What is one quote that you live your life by? Uh, Harry Potter quote, it's your choices that determine who you are, not your abilities. Harry Potter quote? Yeah, that was actually Dumbledore. <laughs> awesome. Are you a big Harry Potter fan? Yeah, I have to admit that, yes. Okay. All right. So another question I I almost always ask in the rapid fire is if you could recommend one book to anyone, who would it be? Or what what book would it be? Oh, my. There's so many books. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I guess it's in, in... Back in the teacher head, it's called Teaching Slash Discipline Discipline by Clifford Madsen and um, his brother, whose name I just blanked out on. It's called Teaching Slash Discipline, and it's really about not only classroom management, but also living your life in um, in setting priorities and goals and working towards those. Oh, cool. That sounds sounds nice. It's it's funny, though. that you brought up Harry Potter earlier because the last two times I asked that question, each each person said Harry Potter. So that's kind of funny. Keeps coming yeah, back. I, I mean, the whole series. I I recommend the whole series. I yeah. actually read it out loud with my daughter. Like we read all of them, even then when she got to be old enough to read it herself, we still read them all out loud. <laughs> Do you have a favorite book in the series? Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, I get probably the first one. Just okay. first. All right. Um, what's your favorite instrument to play while you're teaching? I, well, while I'm teaching guitar for my own just like fun is to play show tunes on the piano. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Your favorite thing about teaching just in general? It is very energizing and exciting and keeps me um, on my toes and creative. Okay. Last question. If you could do anything other than teaching, what would you be doing? Some sort of writing, maybe journalism, maybe feature writing, not, not news, but um, kind of creative nonfiction sort of writing. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Good. Cool. Well, all right. That was perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, You're welcome. You think you've got material you need to make this podcast? Oh, of course. All right. And that was our interview with Wendy. And that is our show for this week. Tried to keep it short this week because the last one was an hour. But... I got a lot of messages from people saying they listened to the whole thing and and that they really liked the interview. So 
I hope you like this interview. I think Wendy did a phenomenal job, and she's such a such an inspiration to every teacher out there, not just early childhood, but all music teachers out there. Uh, so thank you again, Wendy, for coming on the show, and have a great week, guys. I'll, I'll see you next Tuesday.